Welcome everyone to your ongoing journey or leap into a new world of opportunity. Inside Japan podcast is a stepping stone for your next adventure. It is a show filled with informative interviews, perspectives on local life, and how you can master your path into the unknown. For today, kick back and listen to the wisdom of our host, James. James here, episode 10 of the Inside Japan podcast, brought to you by jobsinjapan.com and powered by the Patreon supporters. This week, I'm going to have to go as fast as I can because I had to turn off my fan here, my fan that is directly pointing at my face. And if you turn off the fan for any length of time, with how the weather is now in Japan, you will be sweating profusely in mere seconds. So let's get through this fast. This week, this week it is Philip, and he is a dispatch company's HR and training manager. And uh, he started his career in Japan. Well, first, actually, he started his he started teaching in Taiwan. Made found his way to the thick Inaka. Interesting job there. Not your normal uh, position. And then he ended up in Tokyo at Nakaiwa. And then he went to being then he went to become an Akaiwa manager. And then he came a HR person with a dispatch company. So there you go. We're going to go through all those kind of transitions, how he made this transition happen, and how you can hopefully emulate him in some way. Site news. My plan was to release the Q&A video last week. That was my plan. And as they say, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And uh, it got delayed, but it should 100% be out now. If it's not out now, send help because that means I'm in trouble or something. So uh, go check that out if you haven't checked that out already. And I think that's all I wanted to say. Without further ado, let's get to it. My interview with Wing. HR, Wing's the name of the company, by the way. Wing HR and Training Manager, Philip. Enjoy. All right, guys. Today, very special guest. His name is Philip, and he's working for the education company, Wing. How are you doing today, Philip? Good. How are you, James? Good. Nice to have you on here today. So first, let's uh, start with the end point here. So what are you, what's your current position with Wing now in Japan? Okay. Uh, at Wing, I'm HR manager and trainer. Cool. Okay. So that's what we're going to work our way to. Uh, but let's go back to your beginnings here. So what kind of was the switch that made you get interested in working in Japan? And uh, how did you go about doing that in the first place? Well, um, actually, I started in Taiwan. Um, I did a, a study abroad was my final uh, course. In university, I hadn't really had much global exposure before that, and that changed everything for me. You know, I went home, I had a job lined up at a hotel, and it, I just wasn't interested. So I started looking, how can I work abroad? How can I um, do something international? And I found recruiters for uh, Korea, Taiwan, Japan, and the Taiwanese recruiter really just made me feel comfortable, so I went there. Cool. Okay. So it wasn't you didn't have any kind of in your mind, I want to go to this country, that country. is kind of like, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, I wanted more uh, travel and experience. It was more that I wanted to get out of the U.S. and see the world. Oh, okay, okay. So then you go to Taiwan, and that was kind of obviously a good experience, or how was that? That was great. You know, I thought I would do one year and then uh, country hop a little bit was my plan. But, uh, I, you know, I got a raise. I got a promotion there. And I thought, well, you know, let's not fight a good thing. Keep going, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so then what was your next step? Well, after five years of that, um, I had learned a bit of the language and the culture. And then I really, you know, it was that moment of, okay, am I going to stay here forever and I'm going to live here or shall I move on? And I had always wanted, I had always planned to spend time in Japan. So I thought, okay, let's, now's the time. Um, it just felt right. I had kind of plateaued it. Uh, so I made the move to Japan and then I did, uh, one year in like the countryside. I was in Nihama and, uh, that was in there in the Sumitomo chemical. I was like teaching English in a chemical factory, but you wouldn't believe it. Oh, cool. Um, That's going interesting. Yeah. So how did you get, so, you know, obviously five years in Taiwan, you said, okay, that's enough. Then you go to Japan for this kind of, how did you get that job? Was it just online surfing or how did you find that job in the chemical plant? It sounds interesting. 
Exactly. Yeah. I put up the resume on the job ads and uh, there was a, uh, a person down there. His name was Chris Wolf. He was running an English school. He had the contract. So he said, come on down. You know, we need somebody. So I trained all the engineers up. They went off to Saudi Arabia. So then I was out of a job after that. I, <laughs> I moved, came back to Tokyo and uh, got hooked up um, with an Eikaiwa here as a manager. So I did that for several years that now I'm at Wing. Oh, cool. Okay. So let's go back a little bit. So you, you actually, I don't want to go to the, make it a long thing of differences, Taiwan, Japan, but what sure. do you, what would you say some, with some big differences of teaching in Japan, teaching in, in, in Japan, uh, teaching in Taiwan, teaching in Japan, any kind of big differences there? There are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first off, the level of English in Taiwan um, is a little bit higher. I think that the students are more motivated. Well, culturally, you know, um, Japanese students avoid making mistakes, mm -hmm. whereas uh, Taiwanese students, they don't mind. You know, <laughs> they will come right out and say it. Um, so that's kind of fun. But also, um, you know, there's a little bit more. Uh, it, the classroom is louder, I guess I would say. Okay. okay. So they kind of it's not as uh, disciplined and listen to the teacher or feeling right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Okay, so you go to Japan, you get the great, uh, this interesting job with the, the chemical plant thing. Now you're in Tokyo and now you had to, obviously you, I like to talk about how do people find jobs, right? So you had to find a job again. Uh, how did you find that job in Tokyo? Was it just networking or again, hitting the online job boards? I did a, net, a combination, networking and online job boards. Um, I think that uh, that's very important that you do have a network. So I would recommend everybody to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess I just got lucky. You know, it comes down to timing and if there's a position available when you're available too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you, how do you, how do you go about doing that, right? What was your kind of, you know, all of a sudden you go to a new city and you don't know anybody and I know online is a great tool, but how do, what kind of you do to build up your network and find these jobs? I would recommend that people go to meetups, um, join teacher groups, especially, um, you know, one of the, the good ways is um, teacher groups uh, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know if a lot of people are in social media, get in there. Um, LinkedIn also. I think there's a lot of networking that happens on there. Okay. Okay. So then you get this uh, job as a Kiowa manager. So that's kind of interesting. You start with a new company and you're already the manager, right? So I guess that was based on your kind of long experience. You could, could, could get that position. Well, actually, you know, I started as a part-time teacher okay. and I, I did like the freelance thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of built my own schedule. I would recommend to people that uh, if you've got a little experience, give that a try. You can earn more money. Uh, but the manager there left. So the, uh, the owner came to me and said, you know, why don't you drop your other part-time stuff and come in as a, as a manager? I said, okay. So I, I guess that's a kind of way of networking too, isn't it? If you put your name out in many places for one hour a week, and then, uh, then you've got a bigger professional network. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So you kind of, you're not locked into any company, right? You're kind of just going around here, going on here, say you need a position open. You kind of can hear about it first because you work for that company, right? Not work for that company, but you know what I mean? You're there. Yeah, they know you, you know them. You say, okay, I'd, I'd be willing to put put myself in here full time. So I think that's good. I guess I can hear the people the wondering about this method though. One thing, if you work for freelance though, there's no kind of visa guarantee, right? So how, would, how, what was it, how are you doing that kind of that side of things? You need to negotiate that. So again, I got lucky there that one of my part-time positions was willing to sponsor me. Mm, okay. So they, you know, they got a, more of my hours, but they didn't require that I take a, a full time. So that was very attractive for me. So I took it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So you got to have that kind of, you got to find that one. Uh, if you want to do freelance hundred percent, you got to have that. Obviously a lot of people get married and that takes care of it, but it's got There's also other ways you don't have to get married, right? It's uh, there's other ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I would sure. say, um, don't limit yourself. Give it a try. Uh, I honestly, if you are getting the income, then it's not a requirement The the company has to do a little work. So mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is you're trying to convince somebody to take five hours or, you know, half a day to help you. 
That's a big ask for busy people. But if you can make it work, if they really need you, then they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. If you can prove you're you're worth it too, you gotta you know show how you're gonna help them. You know, some people say like, I need you to help me because this is what will help me. And if if you help me, I'll be able to have a visa. That's not the right way. I gotta say, you know, this is how I'll help you, how I'll help your company, and stuff like this. Uh, some people forget about that. Absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> so then, how how did you find being a chiral manager? So if, when you're a chiral manager, sometimes you're doing the you teach half the time, you do the behind the scenes stuff. So what was it like for you? That was interesting. You know, so that was an opportunity really to grow um, the skills in the industry, um, specifically where uh, you're dealing with schedules. The schedules are crazy. Okay, so we're talking, you know, um, long days. So don't, if you if you don't like long days, that's not the right place. You know, sometimes we finish 10 o'clock at night. Okay, so then you, you were kind of you know, starting at whatever, 7, 8, and then finishing at 10. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, you're working on weekends. Okay. So that's yeah. something, um, people need to think about that kind of work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a good, it was a good time to transition out of that as, as I was trying to, um, maybe have weekends off a little bit more or get, get things more stable for myself. Was it, was it worth it financially though? Like were you, were you just a salary or were you getting paid for your hours? Hey, you work a lot, but that's still good. Yeah. For, for myself, I was working, um, salary, mm -hmm. but, uh, most of our teachers were on hourly so they could make that choice. If they wanted to do more, they could do more if they wanted to do less. And, um, you know, of course, from the, the, uh, Akaiwa school point of view, we want our teachers to put more hours in, but, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, we want to also, we don't want people to burn out. So I can understand both points of view. It depends on your personality, you know? Okay. Okay. So I'm asking like for, specifically for you, was the salary worth that time or it's like, okay, now I can't do this forever. Cause it's kind of too tough. I think the salary was fine. Yeah. Well, to be honest, um, I, I didn't become a teacher to get rich, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I always had a stable income, uh, a comfortable lifestyle and I was gaining skills. So that was exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, okay. No complaints. All right, cool. So you talk about gaining skills. So what kind of stuff are you talking about? This is how to deal with employees, how to train people, are you getting like HR skills, Japanese skills. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. Pr you know, prior to taking that position, uh, I had focused all of my energy on being the best teacher I could be. So, you know, and that, that takes years that I think we're never done with that kind of, it's an art really. Yeah. So, uh, when I moved into the business side, there were things I had never considered for quite some time, you know, sales yeah. or marketing, or, you know, what's the best way to do recruiting, hiring. Mm -hmm. So these are different, um, business functions in the business world, that's quite normal. But in the teacher's world, uh, we tend to forget about them or neglect them. So mm -hmm. that was good to round out my skills. And sometimes Akaiwa, you know, for me, I didn't like Akaiwa when I did a long time ago because it was so based on sales that it was kind of uh, oppressive in your relationships with students because you had to always be like pushing, pushing, pushing stuff. Uh, so in the management side of things, did you have to worry about that a lot? Uh, was it uh, the numbers? You got to hit the numbers this month. You know, you got to sell this many textbooks and stuff like that. Was it a big thing for you? I would say it's always in the, in the back of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, I would try to, of course, have the relationship first with the student, but it's in the back of your mind. Oh, geez, we do need to make numbers. Oh, geez. You know? So, um, that's a little different way of, uh, of teaching for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's what, that's the biggest difference. I think of being a Kiowa teacher and being another kind of teacher is like a Kiowa teacher. It's a real business as I said, you got to remember that, you know, you, you can use it to your advantage and still have relationships with students and have fun, but you got to remember that, right? So it is a huge part of it. And you, most companies are upfront about it, right? Um, about, hey, this is part of the job. You have to sell stuff, right? So that's cool. Um, so then obviously though, the this AKIWA managing position, you, you you reached the end. So can we talk about that transition? What made you transition to, uh, to wing there? 
Yeah, I was really looking for a different schedule that I had been doing the weekends for so many years, and I thought that it was a good time to change. Um, also, that was a startup, and we had kind of grown to our limit, so I felt okay. Now it's time to move to the next step personally. Okay, so what? Did, how did you make? How did you uh, you know find this connection or find this position and stuff like that? I was actually I was looking for um, a teaching position, and again, I was gonna. I was thinking maybe I'll go back to freelance. You know, that was working well for me and I was making money. I was, I enjoy that, that I've got, uh, you know, no, I don't really have a boss as a freelance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought I would do that. And then I met, uh, Ishikawa-san is the founder of wing. He interviewed me for a teaching position. We just clicked. It was like, I just got so lucky to meet him and he had a need. His hiring manager had just left. So, uh, he threw it out. He said, you know, why don't you come in here and, and work in the office? I said, Let's give it a try. Why not? And it just worked. Yeah. Oh wow! So you and you know you're hiring. You're getting their interview to be a teacher, and then then some something about you you uh, click with this person. They said, "Hey, why don't you do this next uh, this HR thing?" Not being a teacher, right? That's pretty good interesting. Yeah, I think um, it's just kind of chemistry. So or maybe uh, luck luck of the luck of the day, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay. So yeah, right time, right place, right time. Obviously, he he needed an HR person, and you were there, and obviously he liked you. So yes, yeah, so then you start being an HR person, not a teacher anymore. So what was that kind of change like for you? And what's the what are the the big differences, right? You don't deal with students anymore, right? That's true. Um, a lot more desk work, you know, sitting at a desk, emails, man, there's a lot more emails than before. Yeah, so yeah. Um, as a teacher, we're interacting with our students. And then in HR, we're interacting with teachers. So there's a lot more communication. Um, luckily, you know, in my job, I speak English all day. So that's been I don't, is that good or bad, but I, I don't study, uh, I don't have time really to study Japanese. That's something that, uh, you know, I wish I could do more of, but kind of as a workaholic, I just dive everything into the work. So that's something, um, people need to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, once you, once you start AR, AHAR, once you start HR, obviously, you know, it's a different world. You, you're not being a teacher. Did you find it as rewarding or as as fun? Obviously, you're a teacher at heart. It seems like you've been a teacher for a long time. You enjoy it. So, you know, do you miss teaching, I guess, when you first started? You know, how, how was that like? That's true. A little bit. Yeah. So um, I would say that when you're when you're teaching that you're you're making that contribution. Um, so I really want everybody to be a successful teacher. Um I, I love it. I think it's a great industry. It's a great job. And so as an HR, I'm allowed, to, you know, I have the opportunity to connect people with that opportunity to teach. So I find that very rewarding too, in a different way, you know, rather than improving a student's life, uh, we're improving a teacher's life. So I think, you know, it's a different way of contributing, but still I get that reward, that satisfaction. You know, people tell me all the time, you know, after I met you, you know, it kind of changed my life a little bit because this, this happened next. So that's nice to hear too. Okay. Okay. So it's different. You're helping people be kind of a different, a different way, right? That's pretty interesting. So, yeah. you know, you know, when you choose, when you choose employee, a lot of people out there are want to find a job in Japan. They want to help. I guess, first, back up a little bit. I guess we should talk about wing, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of companies do they work for? What kind of companies do they hire for? What kind of is their main kind of thing, right? Wing is, um, so that was founded by, Ishikawa-san, and uh, he's actually the vice president of uh, Kashima Gakuen High School. It's in Ibaraki. Mm -hmm. He's a board member on Asahi Juku High School. It's in Okayama. So he's connected in the industry. He's been doing this more than 30 years. Mm -hmm. So all of his uh, relationships, he's really the main kind of uh, salesperson for the company. His relationships, his network in the Tokyo area and, and all throughout Japan uh, are our main clients. These are private schools. 
mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, we're dealing with kindergarten, elementary school, high school, junior college, some universities as well. So mostly we're doing dispatch. You know, we've got about 40 active teachers right now. Okay, so dispatch companies, uh, dispatch for ALTs then, right? Yeah, that's right. And then uh, the company grew out of that. Uh, also now, you know, some of the schools, it's a trend to do study abroad. Mm-hmm. So they approached, they said, you know, we'd like to do study abroad. So Ishikawa-san's actually got a school in Oregon that he works with, sending Japanese students to the U.S. And so then uh, more recently, we've been doing inbound study abroad, bringing Americans, Australians, uh, Chinese, Taiwanese, Koreans to study Japanese in Japan. So that's been another side of the business, too. Dude, I know HR is employees mostly, but uh, when people, students want to be like, uh, come to Japan and do a study abroad, some Japanese students want to go to America. Is there any kind of interview process there? Because I know sometimes some people just aren't made for that, right? Some people might not have a good experience just how their, you know, their personality is. Is there anything like that? Or just, if you want to go, you can go. That's true. Well, um, there is a little bit of an interview, I would say more of an orientation. Um, if a student's interested and they want to go, then we'll try to support them with that dream. Mm-hmm. Um, some students do drop out when they hear certain points or they get frustrated with certain things. That's normal, I think. So there's a client actually that's working in connection with Tokyo Metropolitan Board of Education. They have recently built a new facility in Odaiba. It's called Tokyo Global Gateway. Okay. And what it is is uh, a full immersion English experience right here in Tokyo. And that's, sim- you know, that's something that could be like a first step to a study abroad for a student. You know, maybe there's, yeah, there is that wall. You're, you're right about that. So mm-hmm. um, some Japanese students, they, maybe it's a, a Disney image. They want to study abroad and they get there and they're shocked. You know, <laughs> we get, we get calls all the time about that. That's crazy. I just, I just brought up, uh, took a global gateway. It's like, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, right? There's like, scenes of stuff bring up brought up so like here's i'm looking at a guy like selling stuff like it's like a store fake store there or something that's right yeah so they've got they've got built out um you know like a fake airport a fake airplane a fake (laughs) store every the whole thing you can imagine you know there's a hotel a travel agent and the idea is that um japanese students elementary school high school they will go there with maybe it's like a field trip you can imagine an excursion the whole school goes okay so we got 500 students show up and they're going to go through this experience and they need to speak english the whole day wow 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 <laughs> that's pretty cool and so that's really i think that's a nice kind of first step um, that could help a student transition maybe in the future to uh well i guess everybody will have that global exposure i think in the modern world now even if you stay in japan it's it's become global now hasn't it yeah yeah for sure that's pretty that's pretty that's good like a you know here's a practice kind of thing but yeah i've never seen school it's pretty cool i've never seen school like this for sure it's like it's crazy i'll put the link in the in the show notes page so everyone can see the uh pictures there but yeah that's it's like a cool place and uh it's like the workers if you work there if you're a teacher are you kind of like an actor i guess or do you kind of is there is there classes i don't even know do you know i don't know yeah there are several roles actually um so one of the roles is i guess actor so you can imagine if you go to the um, airport there's airport check-in mm-hmm. and there's an actor there that's dressed up and they're going to only speak English with you mm-hmm. for the student and th- the student, you know, maybe they have a mission. Okay. You need to check in and, um, you forgot your boarding pass. So you want to ask for a new boarding pass to be printed off. Okay. So that's going to be challenging. I think the student might have trouble. They go to the actor and the actor's tough. Okay. <laughs> it's like a level, you know, it's like a level in a video game. You got to get it cleared. So then, uh, in addition to the actor, there's also a guide 
that's going to support each student. So if the student can't get past this level, they come back to the guide. A guide is responsible for a group of eight students. And they that's like the good cop, you know, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So the guide will help out. <laughs> oh, maybe you could ask like this, try this phrase, go ahead one more time. And then uh, they can clear that level. That's so that's cool. the idea. Yeah, they got to yeah. go. I, well, I wonder, maybe there's like the customs, you know, customs is always a, a very nerve wracking thing for, for, you know, foreign people come to America, you know, the guy, you know, looks uh, begrudgingly at your information. It looks back up at you like, where are you going? You know, that stuff, that could be fun. for sure. Good practice. For sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. So yeah. Uh, and it, obviously, um, it took a global gateway you can find on jobsinjapan.com. So yeah, if you want to see more about that, I'll put the link to the, the site and everything it looks crazy. So yeah, this is just, that is just a client of wing though, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we're actually, you know, we're actively recruiting for uh, part-time and full-time there. That's, it's a huge facility. I think they've got like more than 50 full-time teachers. Okay. Um, and they're also, you know, also in addition to that immersion experience, there are classes during that time. Um, they focus on like technology, business, art, dance, um, TV production. So there is that element, uh, educational and the immersion kind of mixed. That's cool. Yeah. So I, this has nothing to do with employees and working there, but I wonder that's obviously got a big, big investment for a school to make, right? Like is this is pretty crazy. It's not like a Kaiwa with it. Here's your room and here's your blackboard. It's a really crazy thing. I guess I wonder that school for the students has to be pretty, I wonder how they even set that up. Is it, is it more expensive than a normal school or anything like that? Do you know? I don't know. Well, there's no, it's, um, it's an experience. So I think each school will come just for one day a year, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. That's how it's set up. I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. So it's not yeah, a kind of, go there for six months thing. It's a, Hey, here's a cool field trip kind of thing. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. yeah. that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, cool idea for sure. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, check, I'll put all the links there to check it out for, so let's get back to, to wing though. So wing is doing all this stuff and you're an HR person. You got to, you're filling all these jobs. Uh, so let's just take it to the ALT thing for a second here. So what kind of, uh, what's kind of something you, if you see this on a resume, you see, uh, maybe someone say in an interview, you know, maybe this person isn't cut out for the job. Um, you, could you share anything with that? Like maybe something that common mistakes people make that make sure they can, you not pick them. Is there anything like that you can share? Sure. Um, well, I don't want to give away all my secrets here, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. one of them would be, uh, somebody who's bad mouthing a former employee employer. That might be somebody who, uh, I would be careful of, you know, <laughs> okay. so why? Why are they bringing that into the interview? Maybe it's been a trauma. It's been bothering them a lot, but um, that's it's kind of a red flag. So I would advise everyone out there, even if you had a bad experience, try to sugarcoat it or dance around that. You don't really want to – that's your image now that you're projecting negativity. So that's something – always stay positive. That's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no need to talk about anything too negative either, right? Um, you know, if you let's say you had a horrible experience at your last job, you can just say, "Well, my former company, you know, it didn't work out at the end, so that's why I'm looking for a new opportunity." You, know, you, you can, you don't have to mention everything, right? You know, it's so easy to leave out the really negative stuff. You know, that's true. Um, yeah. Uh, so how about so when you look at a resume? Let's talk about other. Uh, so if someone comes to you and says, you know, what kind of person is right for ALT? What kind of person right for AKI? What kind of person is right for you know? something different, like, you know, Tobo Global Gateway or something. Do you help people lead people to jobs they should do? Or do you just take what they applied for and say, this is this is where you should be? Or do you kind of like, you know, do like, what's it called? What's that company? Um, hello job, hello work, like kind of find a job for people. If you see a, this person might be good for this job, you, you fill them there? Or how does that work? That's a very interesting point. So first, if you apply for a job, I'm going to try to get you in on that job you applied for. That's what you were hoping for. That was what was interesting for you. If that doesn't work out, you know, we get, so there's many applications for, we'll have one position. Maybe we get 50 applicants. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we get like a top three and 
you got in the top three, but you didn't get the position. But, you know, we still like you. You've passed our screening and it's just too bad we only had one position. So we'll keep you in our database. And as soon as the next job comes up, we'll contact you. Say, hey, how about this one? What do you think? Location's a little, you know, a lot of people comes down to location, doesn't it? They want to work near their house or they want, um, maybe they, I prefer teaching this age group. I want, I get a lot of people that say, you know, I want to teach high school. I don't like the kindergarten stuff. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. You know, that's, that's very important. So we'll try to match people with their age preference and their location. Um, yeah, I, I would never give up on something like that but okay so, if you see, so yeah if you see if you see a good employee you kind of w- keep working with them right um okay yeah, i think so it's a we're looking for a long-term relationship so we'd hope that you'd stay with wing for at least you know two or three years is average for our teachers um of course it's one year contract but if hopefully you'd stay longer than that and do you guys you know wing dispatch company is obviously a very competitive business there's hundreds of companies now that are doing the same thing uh so you only one kind of area right you're kind of based in one area we focus on uh, Tokyo area, Tokyo metropolitan area. Okay, okay, and, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think our niche is more in the private school sector. Okay, so not the public schools. Uh, you're not competing with Jet or anything like that. Right. Okay, Luckily, okay. yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. So if you so and also you you, you primarily only education. Uh, so you primarily te- you hire teachers as your main kind of pe- people you hire. Yeah, that's our biggest market. I think that's true. Um, sometimes we'll do. Uh, day work, uh, translation work. That's rare for us, but we do support with that as well. So a lot of people think HR is a great natural jump from being a teacher for a lot of years and, okay, I can go to HR teaching. Um, what do you think about that change, the transition? Is it is it fun for you? What do you think about the job as overall now that you had some experience with it? Yeah, I do think it's good. Um, for people that are thinking about this as a career, I do recommend that because the kind of person that is drawn to being a teacher, if you're passionate about it, if you, you know, there's different kinds of people that become teachers, right? So some people are teachers uh, second and they mm-hmm. want to be in Japan first. Oh, so yeah. I don't know, are they naturally a teacher? But if you're passionate about teaching, you love it, you enjoy it, um, then HR is an easy fit. I think that's a natural fit. And now what's kind of as terms of career outlook, right? I know you're a wing and being an HR person. What are your kind of future goals here? Do you is this something you could do forever? Is there a kind of a next step for you that's there maybe? Yeah, I'm happy. You know, here's the thing. Um, I got some great advice from the family. They said, you can't master plan anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you try, it's, it's not going to work out. You're going to be disappointed. So I focus on skills always. And I recommend that to everybody. Uh, you don't know what's going to come. I didn't know that I would be at Wing two years ago. Yeah. So, but I was focused on, you know, working hard, picking up skills, enjoying life as much as possible. And then uh, hopefully you can stay where you are and have a, have a great, long, successful career. If you need to make a change, then you've got that skill set that will help you adapt to that. So my advice to everybody is focus on your skills. Mm, yeah. Especially, I mean, it's all over the world. It's fine. But especially when you come to Japan and you say you're working at a ALT job, a Kaiwa job or something, you got usually got some time on your hands, right? And you can use that time to have fun. That's important too. But you can also use it to get more skills and get your next job, right? So it's something that I don't think enough people do. Some people say, well, I have to say Kaiwa job and that's fine. But if you want to be in Japan for a long time, right? Then look just like, looks like Philip has here. You found your way and you're always kind of moving up along the way, right? That's kind of, that's kind of cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that <laughs> is very important. Um, you know, if you've got free time, do language study. Mm-hmm. If you've got, you know, read business books, not only, you know, get your credentials. If you don't have, um, if you don't have teaching credentials, get your teaching credentials or branch out, you know, maybe you're interested in accounting, get an accounting credential in your spare time, get a master's degree done. These things will help you get to the next step. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So th- I'm a big picture, uh, 
teaching in Japan thing. So you're, you're, you know, a thing or two about that. Uh, so, you know, recently jet made the change and a lot of other dispatch companies have done a lot of dispatch companies have done this before. I want to know about wing, what their philosophy is. Um, how about teachers that aren't from native English speaking countries? Do you accept them? Do you, do you, do you accept the application from them? What do you think about that? We do. Yes. Um, I think that's one of our main missions is to increase diversity in Japan and the, the global concept is very important. I think having, you know, that perfect native teacher image is something I think that's becoming outdated. Yeah. So, um, that more of a global impression, what do I look for? I look for skills. Mm -hmm. So if I've got somebody from, uh, you know, not a traditional core country, but they've got the skills. That's great. No, that's exactly what I want. Pro in many cases, that's going to be a harder working person and a better teacher. So I would not hesitate on hiring them. Awesome. Awesome. So how about, what do you think about, um, on the compensation side of things? Obviously teaching is kind of, it's not definitely not has been going up over the years. Um, in 2020s, there's getting more, they want more LTs, more people in there. Um, so what's kind of your outlook on the compensation kind of side of things uh, for being a teacher? Is it, ALT has never been a career job. And do you think that's going to change in the future? Yeah, it's tough. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't see a lot of wage increases in the future, mm -hmm. mostly because, you know, there's different, there's, there's more competitors coming into the industry, believe yeah. it or not. Mm -hmm. So, um, especially like with Philippines coming online, it's a trend now to do online lessons yeah. And uh, th they have very competitive rates. So suddenly you've got a teacher maybe was charging uh, 4000 5000 per hour for a lesson in Tokyo. And now that that same student has moved online, they're doing it for less than a thousand an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that puts pressure on wages overall. Um, but, it, you know, we still need teachers in classrooms. So I would don't be scared to anybody out there that's that's worried about the industry. Uh, education is the slowest thing to change in a good way or in a bad way. So the job will be there. It is I do I do believe it is a, a lifetime career if you're interested in teaching because you know actually, you know, let's say you're American, you come over here, teach for two years, get your teaching credentials in your spare time, and then you go back home. Mm -hmm. There are teaching there is a shortage of teachers right now in the US. Mm -hmm. The the ESL industry is booming. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of that as a career move. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, the, yeah, that's a, you, yeah, you said it correctly, right? So you said stick up in Japan for two years, then do something else that I agree with it. Totally. Uh, some people think like, you know, some people have this perception that like I can be an LT forever and that's kind of not what you're saying, right? Yeah, I would do that. It, you know, there, I do know people that are very successful that teach, uh, maybe five years or more in an elementary school or in high school and they have their side business or they have their, you know, maybe they're married with kids and their spouse has an income. Mm -hmm. So something like that, where it's not their only piece, but it's, it's a part of a bigger picture. I think that's possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So I guess to sum it up, I mean, what kind of a lot of people here are job seekers that want to, you know, find the next thing. And you obviously were successful at that twice, finding a cool next position. So any kind of you know, big advice, you something you wish you knew that would have made it easier, anything like that you could share with us that'll help people that aren't as successful as you so far in finding kind of the next thing, right? And any advice you could share with that? The I'm looking for people that are professional. Mm-hmm. Be professional. Yeah, don't give up on, you know, you're in Japan, you're in another country and 
you think maybe the rules don't apply or you don't have to try as hard. There's jobs everywhere. Please be as professional as possible. You know, step up your game. Think about it. Did you iron your shirt? You know, th- these kinds of things. <laughs> you know, it's it's all the small details. You know, don't make typos on your resume. Um, get out there. Get aggressive. You know, contact more people. Um, also be genuine. You know, try to show who you are. Uh, so I think these things will get you the next step. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't want to you know let the cat out of the bag too much, but I mean a big part of the resume is right just you know showing that you really want to be a teacher, right? It's not just about Japan. Is, is, that, is that would you agree with that? I mean, some people I know, I'm sure you've seen resumes that are just like, I love anime so much, I've got to be in Japan, so here's how I can do it, right? So I mean, you <laughs> see those, right? That's not a lot. Many, how many I've seen like that exactly? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, a big part of it is showing how you're going to be. You really want to be a teacher, right? I would say put yourself in the shoes of the person that's hiring you. You're applying to teach English, and you're, if you're telling me all about your your anime hobby and interest, that's great. Um, if the job were a, as an anime manga artist, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that would be a great <laughs> thing to list. But that's not the job you're applying for. So uh, try to think, try to target yourself a little more. For sure. Okay. All right. It's cool. So, uh, Philip, I'm obviously going to send Tokyo Global Gateway. I'm going to send everyone to that uh, job because there's definitely you're looking to fill that one for sure. Um, looks really cool. Um, and I'm obviously I'll put the link to the Wing website too, just so you can see other stuff you have there. Um, jobs in Japan will have the Jobs in Japan has the Tokyo Global Gateway jobs there as well, right? That's right. Uh, jobsinjapan.com. You can find the Wing ad on there about the Tokyo Global Gateway position. Or if you're interested, you can send me an email, recruit at wingglobal.com. We'll get back with you right away. Sure. And I was going to ask, is there anywhere we can find, if you want to share, anywhere we can find you online? If you want to ask Philip questions directly. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn, Philip Valvo. That's V-A-L-V-O. You can find me on Facebook. Awesome. I'll put the links to all that stuff there. So Philip... You've done. You've been awesome, successful so far. So I'm sure you're gonna keep it going. But good luck to you, my friend. Thank you. And James, I wanted to say excellent job with the ALT Insider Podcast. I've been listening to some episodes, and I think this is just an awesome resource. So thanks oh. for all your hard work too. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So I'll hopefully talk to you down the line. If I go to Tokyo, you gotta you gotta buy me a drink or something. Right on. <laughs> I right, see you, man. Okay. Bye bye. I really hope you enjoyed today's Inside Japan podcast. Dive deeper into our world and learn more about what awaits you. Check out ALTinsider.com and for regular up-to-the-minute job postings, check into jobsinjapan.com for the next big gig. Please tune in for our regular excursions into the world of Japan and good luck. Gambate! Oh.